0: That's one small step for man. One giant leap for man. Well, well, well. You have just decided to enter the minds of two dudes who love the outdoors and live an active lifestyle. Join us as we share anything from hiking and hunting to strength training and general fitness and all the in between. Laugh, learn, help. Live a little for us. Welcome to the Active Man podcast. Yay! because I just want to have a conversation with you. We're conversating on the airwaves right now. Well, it is the day. Today is the day. Glorious day. That, what's the name of our podcast? Pretty sure it's Active Man. The Active Man, yes. I should have looked that up beforehand. But yes, we are active men that will speak of active man things. Actively. Such as your expertise in the hiking world. It's not expertise. It's just to be clear with everyone, all... Two listeners, mainly being our respective mothers. I'm not a through hiker. I'm not going to pretend to be one. Uh, to put it plainly, I'm not cut out for that. I'm just not. I day hike. And I like to look for snakes, amphibians, various plant species, various. Rock types, rock formations. In little salamanders. I've seen them in your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Those would be amphibians. Whatever. Uh, sure. Whatever. We, will, we will come back to this, but a few other things that we will cover on this podcast, just to give you a general overview, are <clears throat> a, the fitness industry, um, hunting, maybe a little fitching, little fishing. little fishing, maybe. 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 Um, basically, if you are a dude that's out of college, trying college. to stay healthy, and getting into uh, the outdoors a little bit, in all aspects, this is the podcast for you. Give her a listen. This is the podcast for you. So, Mr. Ben, I think it's only appropriate that we're going to be talking about the fitness industry that you give a little bit of your background and maybe our background together because uh, we do, at least at one time, did have somewhat of a symbiotic relationship when it came to fitness and athletics. We sure did. We sure did. Well, I am a personal trainer in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, and I work out of Bloom Health Fitness. And as it were... Young Gavin here was a client of mine back in the day. Back in the day. Actually, fun fact, before we get into preparing for athletics, Benjamin was actually the first person that had ever taught me how to exercise correctly. I was 11 years old. I don't know how old you were, but I was 11. I'm 25 now, for perspective. I do recall that, and I also do recall your younger brother running wind sprints in the racquetball court. In his Little League uniform, I think that was during one of our training sessions, actually. He was doing that by himself. Or no, maybe your mom was working out, and he mm-hmm. was working on his conditioning when he oh, was yes. like six oh, in the yeah. racquetball court. Yeah, I mean, it was the, uh, the, early, the juvenile version of the Ben Eshelman training yes. program. Yes, he uh, was working I, on the, the Pelletieri Speed. And I forever give you credit for uh, the worst statistical season that I had ever had in my <laughs> college career, of my senior year. Uh, You're welcome. I had phenomenal biceps, but uh, I hit Mendoza. <laughs> so these things good. happen. Yep. We are both involved in the outdoors, like we had said. Um, now that we're ex-athletes. Um, we both dabble in the outdoors a little bit. I'm into uh, more so on the hunting realm. My thing is archery. Um, and uh, basically my training revolves around preparing for that and other outside endeavors I may jump into. I do still play baseball a little bit in the summers and uh, also get into doing some some different running uh, races, whether it's a 5K, 10K, half marathon-ish type stuff. Um what about your, your training side? What do you typically, so, um, you know, to give you guys a little more perspective on, uh, what exactly, uh, qualifies me to do this podcast, in which neither of us may be qualified <laughs> to be on any sort of frequency whatsoever. Uh, so I work in mining reclamation, uh, the region that we live in, in Eastern Pennsylvania, um. Uh, we have extensive uh, anthracite mine fields. Uh, and so the process of 200 years of mining had led to uh, a mining reclamation industry. And that was uh, something that provided me a, a good opportunity to get employment and to work in the field, the relative field that I studied in college while being a student athlete. Uh, and so coming back here was, uh, yeah, I'd like to say a choice, but you know. You got to pay some loans off. You got to make a little change here and there. You got to do something. You You got to do something. But uh, in all seriousness, it provided me a a good opportunity to to see some of the stuff, some of the bad places outdoors uh, that need to be uh, addressed in terms of uh, reclamation and uh, maybe a little more national attention uh, in terms of the issues that a lot of Appalachian states are faced. Uh, But to that note, other than that, I like to. uh, like we said, I like to hike and go outside, uh, look for different species of animals, and uh, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a good time, and I'm excited to do this podcast for whoever ends up listening to us. Probably your wife, and maybe my girlfriend. Probably and, not, and mom, and definitely moms, yeah. respective mothers. Yeah. Um, I would think that Grant, my older brother, will listen. Uh, he might end up being our only listener, but we'll have four people that listen. So we're just going to talk in the airwaves and, uh, whoever listens, listens Um, and whatever pops up. Yeah. That'll be what we discuss. Exactly. Um, so we were, we were chatting earlier, uh, before starting this in one of our sauna, um, hot yoga sessions, Mm -hmm. sauna rendezvous. Yes. And, uh, Gavin was was Some telling babies. me he was telling me a little bit about what he likes to do in the woods. Yeah, and we touched on that a little bit. Uh, but Mr. Ben was initially surprised that people actively search for uh, species of venomous snakes that are endemic to their area. I uh, went on to explain to Ben that uh, it's really not as dangerous as you might think it would be as long as you are not uh, actively trying to handle said venomous snake. In which our region, it would be the timber rattlesnake. I mean, it's not... I wouldn't say going after snakes. That that comes off like I'm, you know, going out there and trying to turn them into a belt. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I just want to take pictures of them. Do it for my insta-people. And maybe get bit, you know. that's Potentially... <laughs> Potentially, yeah, there's always the risk of, of you being bitten, but as long as you're not too much of an idiot, you shouldn't get bit. So I might be on that threshold, but I don't, I, I, don't, I don't really think I am. I like my chances. Before you go any further, it is the modern-day outdoor version of playing Froggers. That's what you're saying. I think the modern outdoor version of playing froggers would be the annual migration of the ambiostomid salamanders. For example, the spotted salamander of the eastern United States migrates to its local vernal pool, vernal pool meaning uh, an area of land saturated by water uh, permanently or semi-permanently throughout the year, and they actually breed in these ponds. A lot of times they have to cross the road. In which... They, they are playing Frogger. They are playing Salamander. Well... But in the sense, yes, they're playing Frogger. And they lose. And, like, you don't get, like, an extra life. Yeah. It's, it's in done. In this version. It's done. So that's, like, not cool. No. But, um, what is cool is that there are local events that state parks will hold in these regions that Salamanders will go back to the same spots in which they were born... And they will breed, they'll have salamander intercourse, they will lay their eggs, those eggs will develop in those ponds, but in between that time, they're crossing the road, Uh, usually on moist nights, maybe the first warm spring rain. Mm. Uh, The first warm spring rain. You might see them, if you're lucky enough, if you know where to look. And they're little orange fellas. Some of them are. The orange fellas that... You're referring to are not the species that I'm referring to, but they do cross roads sometimes. So you're saying I was close, but I was way off. You were close. They were salamanders, but no. but yeah. If we talk about salamanders in this podcast, nobody's close right. to us. You're right. Well, well then, let's let's go back to the the hiking realm because I am not a hiker. I do. I, mm, I would kindly disagree with that only because your hunting events end up turning into glorified hikes. Because you end up coming back usually now. That is correct. And essentially, basically, uh, I'm not really hunting. I'm just taking my bow for a walk 99% of the time. So maybe you should just tell people that I'm you're a hiker. I'm
1: not. That a you're, you're hiker. a
0: hiker. I'm a hiker and that, that just takes his protection. bow for a walk. <laughs> and, yes, it is basically just for protection it is not actually to bring home venison because I am... Even though my tag name on... Or what would you call it? Tag name on Instagram? Yeah, your Instagram Is the the great white hunter. I'm actually the worst hunter. The great worst hunter. The worst white hunter. The, The worst white hunter that's put many miles on a bow with minimal return. That's sad. It is sad. And you know what's funny is that I've always... I've always been... Tempted at the idea of asking and being like, hey, Ben, you know, like, maybe we should meet up and, like, you know, you can teach me how to shoot your bow. But it's like, you know, you don't take, for example, you would never take weight loss advice from somebody who's obese. Why would I take hunting advice from somebody who's Hunting advice, no. But I will tell you that I am actually pretty good. With a bow. Yes. I just, I don't, I don't get much action in the woods. I think Mm -hmm. I'm in the wrong spot. Now, give me a little bit. Be- give me a little, little, background story, or just a little idea. Where do you go to hunt? Well, initially, uh, my I started when I was thirty, which was six years ago. <laughs> you were gonna say thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I am. I am still a newborn, <laughs> actually. Um, but my first year, I wasn't even gonna talk about this, and now you're bringing it out. We're just riding the wave. You're right. Okay. Wave we shall ride. Um, So I I started when I was 30 and I had zero equipment like most people when they start. So the first thing I needed to do was get a bow and I wasn't about to drop 500 plus dollars on something that I wasn't sure that I even liked. Now... Rewind back to when I was 12 and I was Archer of the Year at Camp Susqua in 1992. We're going to need some people to confirm this. Okay, fast forward back to the story. Um, So what I did was is I bought a used bow, um, which it was kind of like one of those those deals where uh, I had a buddy who had a friend who had an uncle who got it from their cousin's grandfather—
1: the so bow, it was stolen.
0: Probably. Or forgotten about because this bow is like from 1972. It was a high country, which they don't even make anymore. Uh, you can't adjust the draw length on it. I don't even know what the draw weight was. I took it to a local archery shop to kind of have him set me up. And because it wasn't adjustable, I had to use it as is. And one of the the things that they set up for you when you go to the shop is they figure out what your draw length is because that's how far you draw the bow back. It has to be perfect and it's different for everybody's, you know, individual, uh, makeup. Understood. Yeah, and this sense. was like a 32 inch draw and I'm a 29. So it was three inches longer than what I needed. And when your draw length is off, you can't anchor, To your face and anchoring to your face is one of the things that, that makes you accurate when you do the same thing repetitive over and over and over, you want to draw back to the same exact spot as you're working on, you know, your, your practice with the targets and stuff. So if you can't achieve that exact same spot, then obviously your accuracy is going to be off. Makes sense. I won't go too far in depth, but anyways, the bow is old. It didn't fit twine? me. What was the twine, or what do they call the the string? Use? <laughs> they call it twine. I it, it it somehow the the string. It, well, it had been re- re-strung at some point because the what string... what was it re with? Like, what's the filament? Is it like you know human hair twined together? Maybe. That would be bad. I, I don't know. It's it's some sort of. It's uh, like a, yeah, I found this in the woods and pulled out my beard hairs. And, <laughs> Twined them together, and it, it was not—it was not an Indian-style stick and string, like a traditional bow, which is what my brother-in-law uses all the time. Like straight up, like longbow. Yeah, dude, that's—he's like hardcore. Only uses longbow. I like to imagine people that use uh, longbows as like they go out and find their own flint rocks to create spears. I twine, think he probably does that too. Um, Which is actually a weird segue for this. My girlfriend lives right next to a guy that travels yearly to the Amazon to catch sturgeon. Or possibly not sturgeon, because I don't know of many sturgeon endemic to South America. I know sturgeon in North America. uh, Anyway, he catches a large South American fish that has... Armored, pla- armored plating, dermals, I believe they're called, and they're so armored and sharp that he fashions them into like various cutting tools. Like and I think potentially spearheads. I'll have to fact check this for a different episode, but I'm pretty sure that that's what he does, and I'm pretty sure his name's David, and he goes against the Goliath of fishes. In the south. The aggressiveness of that fish is uncanny. And we're not even sure which fish it is. It's just, no, no. It's just, I don't know. It was a good segue. And right. now I'm stuck. So we'll, let's move on. We'll get, oh, where was I with the story? Uh, yeah, so Bo, old, didn't fit. First year out. I'm hunting on my in-law's farm, which I was only allowed to hunt for one year. I had no clue what I was doing, so I would hunt with my brother-in-law uh, regularly. Because again, I was learning from him. He was like my hunting mentor, my mentor. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Um, and the the first time that I had to go by myself, he was going out to Colorado with his father, and I was like, Meh. Should I go by myself? Because what if I get one? I don't know what the hell I'm doing as far yeah, as yeah. gutting it, you know, or field dressing and. <sighs> I'll go out. I'm not going to see anything anyways. Well, I end up going out. <clears throat> weather is so-so. It was like the third week of October, and it starts pouring, raining sideways. And I, I'm up in the tree. I knew weather was coming, but I decided to stick it out. Like, uh, why in God's name am I sitting here in sideways rain, freezing, to basically just stare at my bow hanging off the tree and imagining that I'm going to be successful. So that was like one of your worst hikes. It was quote unquote hikes. Until I literally was starting to zipper up my pack and out of the corner of my eye, I see a decent size rack, which at that time was decent for me. It was a small little eight point, um, but I saw, I'm like, oh, my God. Elk? and No, it was just a deer. A white-tailed deer. A deer? In Colorado? No, no, no. This oh, is, God. This is, this I'm is me. so lost. This was me at the in-laws. Uh, we have farm. lost all two of our freaking listeners oh, already. Ruined it. Anyways, I'm caught up now, so just continue. So let, we'll make the long story short. Rain sideways. I'm freezing. Packing up. See deer. Deer starts walking across the middle of this field in front of me. And I went from being so angry and uncomfortable to I can't feel my arms or hands because of excitement. See, that's so cool because, like, you know, I don't hunt, <clears> so I've never actually had that experience. But what it sounds like, that, that's, that's like, totally primal. Like, you were just felt really shitty I outside went, in these terrible conditions right. and felt awful. And then you locked in. From on one end of the spectrum to the other. Like, I hated life. I was so mad. I'm an idiot. I, I'm the worst hunter ever. This was so stupid coming out to, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And I'm so excited. I'm like shaking. My freaking heart is like beating out of my chest. So <clears throat> I'm trying to think of like stuff that he, you know, had told me to do and like, okay, he told me not to shoot if it's moving, make sure what's it that it's within like 30 yards uh, which I was pretty confident at shooting at about 35 to 40, even with this crappy bow that I had. So I range it. It's like, it's out there a good ways, a little bit further than than what I should have even been thinking about shooting. But I'm like, you know what, it, this is meant to be. It's meant to be. So I stand up real real carefully, and I get on the edge of my, uh, my, my tree stand. I, there's a branch straight out in front of me and that I kind of have to duck like semi squat down into just to, to make sure that my ear has arrow has clearance. And that son of a bitch just stopped like directly in front of me. Broadside starts eating. I pull back, let go again. This is a shot that I should not have taken. It was much further than, than what I was comfortable. But for some reason, the hunting gods were with me. I freaking just nailed it. Perfect shot right through the bottom of the lungs in the heart, uh, or the top of the lungs, and the heart, and it jumped up, dropped, bang, bang, boom, done. It's oh down. My gosh. And I'm sitting over a bean field. So I saw it go down and I can see it up in the tree stand. I call up my brother in law. I'm like, I definitely just dropped a buck. Like, all right, well, call, call Matt. Matt's my other brother in law who works on the farm. He'll come over and help you. So I call him. He comes over. Father in law comes out. We get out, we start looking for it, we find it, bing, bang, boom, first deer down in like the third week of archery with a shitty bow. Total luck. At that time, I thought, oh, this is easy, but I'm telling you right now, it's total luck. All these things have to kind of come together in order for you to be successful, especially when you don't know what you're doing. Um, Dude, that is nuts. The hunting gods were like... They were with me. For this time, we're going to give this guy... A dope experience after seeing out some really horrible conditions, and then for the next subsequent years, he's literally not going to get any action, (laughs) and we're just going to waste away all of his hard-earned money. Minimal action for like two years after that, and then the last couple years I've at least gotten one each year, but... I started off with a bang, then got incredibly cocky and thought, oh, this is easy. And that's when you, you, really, really, started, and that's when you really started calling yourself the Great White House. Yeah. Literally not, after you dropped that thing, you changed your Instagram name. And I had no reason to doing so because it was just total luck. I was basically riding high thinking that I was the king when in fact it was one of the most luckiest – situations-slash-scenarios ever. Ever. In and me. I just... You know, I can't... I, I, obviously, I can't empathize with you because I don't know how you feel about it. But... I just can't imagine what it's like. Actually, I can. Actually, I can. So, when I was hiking with my girlfriend, we were down uh, close to where she lives in Northern Virginia. We were hiking in the... uh uh, Shenandoah National Park. You're with anyway, your lady, your special lady friend. I'm with my lady friend, and we're hiking uh, a place called Old Rag. Very popular place. Mm, I know her. Mm-hmm. You do know Old Rag, yeah. seriously? No, I don't. Okay. I keep going. Well, this is fine. good. Anyway, it's basically um, a large uh, granite formation uh, in the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, um, predominantly granite. It's not the only rock for me. You know, geological formation there. But anyway, we're hiking. Scaled up. Got a great view. We're on our way back down. And, like, at this point, I was still, I I was, we were really getting into, like, actively looking for snakes, salamanders, frogs. Anything cool, we found cool that we could find. Um, But I wasn't actively looking at this time. And so we're hiking down. We're, We're back about to the car. And, uh, the way the lay of the land is, is you have to kind of go through this, this holler to get back to the vehicle. What is a holler? It's like a small valley. Okay. I guess. Okay. Uh, but so we're walking down the trail and, and we had already seen one black snake, uh, black rat snake, uh, to begin the trail. And so I was pretty amped up and, and Hold on, I don't mean to interrupt, but I don't understand how you're amped up in seeing a effing poisonous snake. Uh, First off, there's no such thing as a poisonous snake. There are venomous snakes, but no poisonous snakes. Whatever, continue. The two terms are just (laughs) defined by way of uh, injection. So like, a snake fangs injects venom into you. If you you know, feel like doing some psychedelics and you end up eating a cane toad or, like, consuming the toxic secretions on a cane toad, you would essentially be poisoning yourself because you're ingesting it. You're not um, being injected by it. Fair enough. So it's, it's by way of delivery. Fair enough. Venom gets injected. Fair Poisonous enough. gets ingested. Fair enough. Anyway, so we had already seen a black snake. Um, pretty large, active snake. It's it's when it's warm out, they're pretty active. So it's you know it's really cool to watch them move and be able to uh, interact or react to you because uh, all they want to do is actually get away. Anyway, we're walking down the trail, and we end up coming across what I thought was a, the largest, thickest black rat snake I had ever seen, in which I was wrong, and it was a black phase timber snake. And which is like was, the king cobra of the mountains. No, I wouldn't say it's a king cobra. Uh, not only is it not very closely related to the king cobra, uh, genus, but it's uh, also doesn't really have the same life history strategy, it doesn't have the same strategy of living. You know, also, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I would not classify it as the cobra of the mountains. <laughs> Although that really sounds really badass. If you were uh, curious, now you know. Yeah. Now you now know, know that the timber rattler is not the king cobra of the mountains. Back to your story. Go. And so we ended up, you know, walking up on this thing, and this was like my, you know, this is my version of your encounter uh, with, you know, your deer. Snake gods were like, I'm going to let this timber rattlesnake cross this trail at the exact same time that Gavin and his lady friend are walking down the trail. Now, I know you're crazy and you get excited by snakes, but... Does your special lady friend enjoy them as much as you do? Absolutely not. She's Fantastic. intrigued by them. She's oh. intrigued by them, okay. but she uh, she definitely doesn't want to handle them. Not that I blame her. Uh, it's not that I handle the rattlesnakes. I'll you know catch your non venomous snakes. And I'll... You'll wrangle. I have them. no qualms with that. You will wrangle the non venomous you will leave the venomous alone. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I would wrangle the non-venomous in the first place is just to maybe get like a picture. I wouldn't want to just do it just to catch some, because I know that there are some, uh, herpers called herping when you actively look for, uh, members, uh, that would belong in the field of herpetology. They're reptiles and amphibians, um, So I'm not really too into just catching them just to say I caught them. If I can, I'd just like to take a picture of them where they lay or in situ, I believe it's referred to as. Um, So yeah, I just have a general appreciation for the shit that most people think is weird. And that's kind of the way I choose to live my life. On the edge. And uh, again... It's definitely not as, like, Steve Irwin as it sounds. No, but... Like, I'm not swimming with crocodiles. True. Well, yes. No, you're not. I would never. They're man-eaters. They would... They, like, they want to consume you. Like, a rattlesnake doesn't want to bite you. A bear, a black bear, in the East, usually does not, most of the time, I should say. No, not... does not not even want anything to do with you... Might want something to do with your trash, but no. So, like, snakes get a really bad rep. Now, I can appreciate the fact that, you know, there are some different areas on the globe that have insanely venomous snakes, and the people in these areas might not live in uh, too urbanized areas. And even if they do, they come across, you know, like black mambas. I, like, I would never even... Like, I'd be terrified of Black Bomb, but Let's just get that straight. I would I, not want to find one. The reason why I hate snakes so bad is because I actually had a close encounter in my teenage years. Interesting. It's another story. It might be too much for the first podcast. I think it's going to be too much. Because <laughs> if we talk we, about too much, we'd literally, yeah. we'll, we literally won't have anything for, like, ever, maybe. I will give you a Cliff Notes version just to let you know that I was almost killed by a, uh, what the heck kind is it? They're in water. Please don't say water moccasin. It was not a water moccasin. It was a copperhead. A copperhead? Yes. My copperhead. And had they an do not attack people normally, but no. I think I was probably, I was fishing in the water at Penn's Creek mm-hmm. and luckily... One of my friends was the ultimate outdoorsman at that time. He saved my life. I'm going to tell believe... you something that you're probably not going to like. It probably wasn't a copperhead. It was probably a northern water snake. It was a copperhead. He's the ultimate outdoorsman. He ID'd it. Interesting. I, I, it wasn't originally we'll have to get in the water. It came into the water. It came but into was, the water. I was close to the opposite bank on that side. My friends that I was fishing with saw it go in and swim in my direction, whether it was coming after me or not. Do you think it was sizing you up? I... See if I can swallow this bald man. I'll be honest, I had hair at that time. It was very thick, and I think what happened was, is it could sense the alpha of me. The testosterone. (laughs) Or lack thereof. They have these testosterone receptors on the end of their snouts, uh, in which if an animal is filled with too much testosterone... They don't even want anything to it, do with I, it. And so, while that was a complete lie, I like to think that it knew how much testosterone you possessed. Probably. I didn't have a beard then, either. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, man, I can't... I, we're we're going to... I'll leave this. We'll talk about it another time. All right. That's fine. Near Encounter, Tracy Fetterman. Officer Fetterman saved my life. That's all, that's all I'm going to say for right now. We'll come back to it. Protect maybe... serve my friends. Maybe the next thing. But... What we do need to get into is the main portion of this, which we'll keep very brief since we're almost. Dude, out of time. we have talked for a long we're time. And people, just people are listening. So the big thing, uh, I because I am a hiker that takes bows for walks. I have no experience in any type of hiking other than hiking Ricketts Glen, which is a pre-laid out path that millions of people have done. I mean, you go, you look at the falls, blah, blah, blah. But But, that's dangerous. It can get slippery there, but I can appreciate what you're saying. It can be slick. Um, Because I am not a hiker and I have no idea what the heck I'm doing, I basically want you to give me the gist of how I can become a hiker. Like, where do I start? And the first question is, what equipment do I need to begin? I know you don't need everything, but Mm -hmm. what are, like, the things that I need to start hiking? Well, I mean, to become a hiker, that's kind of like a an interesting thing. That's like a, you know, how do I become a, uh, I don't know, how, how do I become a reader? You just start doing it. If if you have the means to do it, like, you know, if you can, literally, if you can walk from point A to point B, you can day hike. Day hike. Not through hike, which is like what some people do. Not me. I want to reaffirm that. In case I get freaking just lit up by some through hikers that end up somehow listening to this oh, podcast. I, I think you know, in my perspective, but, I, I said you're a professional hiker, but I'm not. You, you have I've been to a lot of places to day hike. Right? You've experienced hiking. Yes. I have no clue. You're my hiking mentor, and you're going to give me information. So, so honestly, start. for equipment. Yes. I would say that the most important thing you can ever bring is water. Water. That's another one of my questions. What else? (laughs) Good. I'm glad (laughs) you were going to ask about, you know, (laughs) the the thing we actually need to survive. So Um, water, number one. Just no matter your level. People who are avid hikers will never listen to me anyway. But if you're a beginner hiker, just bring some freaking water. Okay. Water. Water. if you want to really get into it and you're really committed and, and you feel like you could do this every single weekend, you know, get yourself a decent pair of hiking shoes, hiking? hiking boots, day hikers. Another question: Do you need like hiking boots, or can you wear like a trail shoe? I think you can wear a trail shoe because that's what they're for. They're for the trail. Correct. But um, I personally like like really fast, light. Day hikers, something okay. that goes over my ankle so I can tie it tight it gives me the false sense of security that I'm not It'll going give to snap you, my ankle if I go down some rocks. It will give you the security that you won't get bitten in the ankle by a snake too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so water, we can wear trail shoes. What else? Or or general athletic shoes. Okay, um, uh-huh. dependent upon the terrain that you're going on. Let me, you know. Make that as, like, the huge backdrop. All right, so like, that's big. you got to know your terrain. You have to know to, for the place Appropriate footwear. Assuming that you know where you're going, since you're going somewhere close to where you live, um, water, ample footwear, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. actually telling somebody if you're not going with somebody else, or even if you're going with somebody else, actually telling somebody where you're going, and when you, the general time, when you plan to be back, because, like, People don't report missing hikers, like, as soon as they go missing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, it's a generally a good idea to let somebody know when you plan on being back. That makes sense. I'm not that saying sense. that it's going to happen to you, but you don't want to be forced with, like, like, that dude in 127 hours. He, yeah. like, literally had to saw his own arm off yeah. with a pocket knife. I don't want to do that. And that's an extreme example, but that's... I mean, nevertheless, it's right. an example. If he would have told somebody where he was going and when he was going to be back. He didn't tell anybody. He was. Right. So let somebody know. Let somebody know where you're going. Preferably go with somebody and let somebody know. Uh, not that it's, like, dangerous to where you're, in, depending upon where you live, again. Um, not that it's inherently dangerous to go out and day hike. Fair. But Do I need a majestic backpack Hmm. Filled (laughs) filled with Hmm. what? I do need a backpack. Mm. I don't, but I should. Probably should. Just ease. You can carry your water. Carry your water. What other things would you put in the backpack for a beginner? Food? Snacks? Some snacks. You never know if you're going to get into a caloric deficit in which you'll turn into a... You know, if you're not familiar with hiking and uh, you end up putting in some miles... Yeah. you're going to be burning some calories. Like I said, I have no clue. So the basic... Yeah, you're going to definitely want so some food, calories. Some food. A light That's snack. Good. Don't bring anything ridiculous. Right, because you don't want to have a ton of weight on your back yeah. either. And like no perishables. Like, come on. I know, let's be smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a common sense thing, but... Um, any other necessities? I, honestly, I would say a form of identification. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you should always have ID... Yeah, but, I mean, people like to, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not bringing my wallet because I'm going out in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you should bring a form of identification because, you know, there is, I don't know, I've never ran into a reason where I actually, actually needed it, but it's like, you know, the only time you're ever going to need to prove who you are is like when you don't have your freaking ID. That's true. Very true. Um, What about a GPS? Do you need one of those? uh, No. Okay. I don't think so. You need the ability to read a map. Okay, so if you don't remember from school, then you're in trouble. If you don't remember from school, then you're in trouble. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember actually learning how to read a map in school. It was like one of those things that I was just already interested in. So you already knew. I, uh, like, it was kind of like, I, let's put it this way. I played some Risk. Risk. Pretty sure that involved a map. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. The game, uh-huh. the board game. Rune, you're damn right, it did. RuneScape. Yeah. Well, Which is not something outdoors at all. But well, the other anyway. thing too is your your ass better stay on the freaking trail, and the trail is marked. Excellent point. All of them are marked. I do know this. I, I know they are marked. I know they have carving, not carvings, engravings Marking into trees. I mean, there's pretty much stuff the whole trails. way. So don't go off the trail unless you know where you're going. Yeah, that's again. I, I should have mentioned that, but that's just don't be. All right. Don't be that person. So Don't wander off the trail. Let's let's say because it's only your brother, my mother, maybe your dad, and one oh, of our no, buddies dad, listening to this. My dad will be so disappointed. Honestly, both of us. But, let's uh. let's say I want to go tomorrow. Where the heck do I go? I mean, you know, in this general area, or you can say, okay, well, talk to your local blah 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 to find trails. Like, where where do I start to find a place to go? So if you have the internet The net. Google's a good place to start. Google. Just say, you know, state parks near me, state game lands near me. Okay. Um, that seems to be the most effective method. What I've liked doing for our social media users that also follow us, which you probably couldn't be listening to this if you didn't use some form of social media. Correct. I like to find out Parks near me, and then go on Instagram and look at the places. You know the little places yeah, category, yeah. And then type it in. Never use that on Instagram before. It's ever. It's very underrated, honestly. Because then you get like, you get a kind of a uh, a spectrum of quality of photos and places. So you, you know, there are some people that can make like not like as exciting hikes look really cool because they're really good camera, you know, they're good Mm -hmm. photographers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there are others that make really awesome places look dumb because they take a stupid selfie of themselves, like, you know, posted up and looking down at the ground while they have, you know, an amazing view, Uh, maybe right at their feet. Side note, we need to do that, actually, go on a hike and take some photos. I like that. Okay, but anyways, carry on. So, You contact your local parks, state game lands. That's a good place to start. Um, Google. So you you answered the water question. My question was, you know, because I am a Clydesdale, how do I drink enough water on the trail? I need to pack ample water. You need to pack ample water. And I would say – Like for – what would you recommend for a person to know how much to take – I mean, I like to think, you know, especially for for somebody who's involved in, in, in fitness, you know how much water you need to to stay hydrated. Um, now, essentially take how much water you need to stay hydrated when you're just doing general, your usual physio, like physical activity. Okay. Right. And then just take it and just take like 50 to 75% more. Okay. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say if you're... Between the weights of 180 to 230 pounds, if you're doing a 10-mile hike, you should be bringing at least 40 ounces, 45 ounces of water. I wonder how much the real hiking Viking takes when he does this hike. He probably takes a shit. I don't think he takes any, and he just well, he drinks does drink out of any water source yeah. that he can find. Dude is a savage. He will hopefully be on our podcast at some point. Yeah, I mean, that would definitely lower his cred. Well, he might bring ours up. He could. (laughs) He potentially could. Um, All right, back to my questions for you. We covered GPS. Big question. Where are there safe places to number two? (laughs) What do you do when you get a number two? So my method is, I always go before but and what, if if I know, have to do it, yeah. Do you dig a hole? You should you dig a hole in the hole covered. You up. should dig a hole, please. For the love of Look, God, people don't and know. Everybody don't know. else around you, please don't poop just directly on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, come on! It, that's I mean, it's like, common it, sense. I know it's it, it is, but it should be explained. Like, it should be explained. I mean, I I don't want to go too far into this, but, you know, when you're hunting, it happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the right (laughs) – number one, you don't want the animals smelling that because then they won't come around. So it might be better for you because then bears won't come around if you've just left a dookie right next to you. But you don't want to do that. Get it in a hole. Cover it up. Dig yourself a poop pit. and and Cover it up. All right. Okay. And bring some – bring some – Bring some TP in so, a plastic bag and don't throw your TP out. All right. So like, some of that goes in the pack, gross. too. And that's – TP, wet wipes, anything like that. Yeah, one wipe, Charlie's, whatever. All right. All right. Uh, you covered bears. Um, pretty much we don't have to worry about them in our area uh, unless you get between the mom and the young and then you're in for a bad day. Yeah, um, yeah I have no – I have no advice to you for that, so. Bear spray? yeah just in case yeah honestly yes when we were hiking in alaska that's like a must well up there with grizzlies those things are ferocious yeah that's a conversation for a different episode because then we literally won't have anything else to talk about the last question i have for you you've done overnight i have i have not again people probably person listening I'm not a thru-hiker. <laughs> but All you've right? spent a But night. I have spent nights outside. Okay. In which I was hiking on various days. Fair enough. Um, and that was mainly in the states of the southeast. Southwestern Virginia, uh, western North Carolina, northwestern or northeastern Tennessee, northern Georgia. Um, really beautiful spots in southern Appalachia. Really, really beautiful. Were you able to sleep? I was. One of the first nights, I actually did a, a, a May term in, in, at my college at Roanoke, um, where we did backpacking in southern Appalachia. Nice. And uh, you know, that really opened up my Appalachia eyes. Appalachia or Appalachia? Appalacia. Good question. I guess it's where you're from or how you want to say it. I don't want to say it wrong. I'm not going to get too into this with you right now. Is there a right and is there a wrong? I guess it depends on who you ask. All right. Continue. Go, go back to what you're saying. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, I got a good chance to um, to hike around some of the southern Appalachian states. But it really gave me an opportunity uh, to experience, uh, you know, just because you're in the south, you're still hiking, and particularly in southern Appalachia. <laughs> Emphasis. <laughs> Bring some cold weather gear too. The first night we were there, everyone except for our professor, who was, you know, pretty avid outdoorsman, has been mm. doing it for a long, long time. Uh, everyone but him was very underdressed. It got down to like thirty-five. And that's and something, like this was in May. This was a Maymester, so like that is something I would assume it would still be warm enough that you wouldn't need stuff. special. you would assume now. so, but okay, that's so what happens even when you even if it's summer you still want to have Bring a sweatshirt, just and maybe in case. sweatpants if you're overnight. Okay. Something light. See, I would have been the dummy that that didn't take like a sweatshirt if I was doing this in the southern states. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really didn't luckily my uh, some of my North Face gear was very very good. Okay, so you basically gave us the run through. Um go over each thing real quick again so alright ample footwear bring some good footwear bring your freaking water water bring enough water enough for all parties involved just you still don't, bring enough water. Don't drink out of streams unless you absolutely have to. Unless you absolutely have to, even if, if you're like, like if you have pretty to, good, good with because the outdoors, you're an idiot and didn't pack enough water, or if you're pretty good with the outdoors, you can know like where there's a spring right. upwelling. Beginner, like myself, Beginner, I don't know. Don't no, just okay. don't. Water, shoes. Tell somebody. Tell you're somebody you're going out, and when you expect to be back, general leaving and time. return times roughly. Yes. yes. Backpack. Backpack? With probably TP. TP. Um, ID. ID. Snacks. Snacks. Some sort of cold weather sweatshirt or something. We definitely want to prepare for colder weather even though it may be summer. Yes. Did I miss anything? No. I mean, other than that, if you feel like you want to bring something else, maybe like a th- camera ah uh, yes to take pictures yes then yes okay so but whatever you can take heck, those I would consider those the essential the and essentials please be mindful of the weather in which you're planning on going you know the day that you're planning on going time of year and weather you'd be, you'd be shocked the amount of people who have just have no idea what the weather is supposed to be like the next day well I feel like you hit the nail on the head End this with, uh, you know, where after listening to this. Now, mom, you already know what our Instagram is. You may not know Gavin's, but you can find Gavin at Gabby Clayton Gabby with a Y, G A V Y Clayton, C L A Y T O N. And for Gavin's two friends that might listen to this that don't have mine, you can find me at The Great White Hunter Four Zero. Um, So that's where you can find us. And is there anything else you would like to add? I don't think so. I I think that concludes possibly the first and only Active Man podcast episode. Well, we appreciate all three of you tuning in. Hopefully we can double that number for the next time, and we hope you at least enjoyed some of it and maybe gained some essential knowledge for how to start hiking from this. Or maybe you just want to listen to two idiots banter about how we go out and look for snakes and try and hunt things that don't end up crossing our path. Very well said. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.